Welcome to this installment of the Steel Conversation. My name is Brian Giardo. It is officially Friday morning, and we are here to discuss the Steelers' first-round uh, draft pick and uh, crazy, crazy, crazy events in the first round of the 2015 NFL Draft. Um, you know, really, the Steelers were, were going William Jackson all the way. I mean, that was pretty much uh, on everybody's mock draft. I was on my mock draft, both of ESPN's mock drafts today. Pretty much it was a slam dunk. The Steelers were going to go William Jackson. And, uh, you know, 23 picks into the draft, it appeared it was going to go that way. But if you followed the draft, as many Steeler fans did, you discovered that uh, the Steelers' arch rivals, the Bengals, who many thought after losing uh, Marvin Jones, uh, and I think another, they lost two receivers, actually. Marvin Jones was the more prevalent one. That the Bengals were going to go wide receiver. Well, three of the Bengals' former assistant coaches now turned head coaches, uh, you know, Jay Gruden, um, uh, Hugh Jackson, and Zimmer, Mike Zimmer, all of uh, now head coaches on three different NFL teams they decided to pick wide receivers. Uh, almost, obviously, they didn't do that to spur in the Bengals, but, but you're sitting back and thinking, man, you know, uh, uh, you know, it, it was just a, coinc- a weird coincidence. It uh, just kind of transpired for Cincinnati. And then, you know, me sitting back, it was almost kind of a gleeful situation. Like, man, the Bengals, well, what are they going to do now? And uh, just like that, the Bengals go ahead and, and take none other than William Jackson, who – um, and he thought that was going to end up as a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So uh, an insane turn of events. Uh, but right away, the Steelers, uh, they must have had, been tipped off that this was going to happen. Um, and the Steelers quickly went up with Artie Burns, the cornerback uh, of Miami. And uh, a very surprising pick. Um, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I had had him in zero of my mock drafts. Really um, didn't know much about Artie Burns. But uh, a, a very surprising turn of events for the Steelers. But Again, they, they do go with a cornerback for the first time since 1997. I, Chad Scott was, uh, you know, initially uh, the Steelers' last first-round draft pick, but now that he's been replaced by William Jackson – or not William Jackson. See, I was so used to saying William Jackson. Uh, I'm still honestly in a state of shock. Uh, the whole thing, uh, you know, coupled with the fact that it's, it's the Bengals, you know. It's, it's the Cincinnati Bengals. It's the team that, that – uh, you know, this whole rivalry has been intertwined ever since Perfect and, and Blavion Bell in week eight. And then, you know, all the, the skirmishes uh, with Antonio Brown getting on sports and like Connor County and Perfect's low hit on Ben and, and the Steelers win in week 14. And then obviously we don't have to get into everything that happened in the playoff game, but it, it's just an insane situation that, uh, that unfolded for the Steelers, the Bengals, and everybody. And, and, you know, corner picks were going early. I mean, we knew that. We saw that. I mean, Eli Apple, some people had the Steelers taking him. Uh, He didn't even last uh, beyond, you know, what, 15 picks? The Giants picked him early. Um, You know, we knew Ramsey was going to go early, so that wasn't a surprise to to anybody. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it it was a situation where the Steelers knew sitting back. I mean, I had them potentially taking William Jackson, Mackenzie Alexander, or Andrew Billings, a defensive tackle from Texas, who, who is still out there uh, going into the second round. So there, there's still lots of players to be had. There's still a lot of uh, players out there for the Steelers, and, and you never know. They could, they could work you know, some magic and make some trades. But overall, uh, you know, with, with Burns 
mixed is the emotions that I'm getting or the feelings that I'm getting when, when looking at the emotions of Steeler fans and Steeler players. Uh, Mike Tomlin addressed um, the signing not long ago. Um, I really haven't looked into it much, but I know the guy has a crazy background. I know he already has a child. He was kind of in charge of, of raising his siblings. So this guy's had a pretty crazy uh, childhood so um, an upbringing. So it seems like this guy's a fighter. And obviously the Steelers were forever – I mean, they, they seemed pretty definitive and pretty decisive. I mean, when Jackson went off the board for a moment there, I'm thinking, no, the Steelers might be a little shell-shocked like we all were. Because, um, again, after 23 picks, Jackson's sitting there and, and – I'm just thinking, okay, well, Cincinnati's going to go receiver or something. At that point, obviously, I'm not the Bengals reporter. I don't know all their deficits. Um, I know they re-signed Adam Jones. I know they have Drake Kirkpatrick. So I'm thinking they're kind of set at cornerback. Maybe the Bengals drafted the way the Steelers draft and best available. I mean, William Jackson was not ever the highest graded cornerback in the draft. But ball skill-wise, this guy was graded number one. I mean, he had a couple other things he needed to work on. I know I did a lot of research on William Jackson, not as much on Arnie Burns, and I'll have to learn more about Arnie Burns. But here's what I do know about him. He had six interceptions last season. Uh, That's the most since Sean Taylor, the great late Sean Taylor in 2003. Um, This guy is a physical player. Um, He's got toughness. We actually have our first call, so we're going to get to this right now. Hello, sir. Welcome to the Steelers podcast. Well, I should say good morning. How are you doing today? Hello. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. Welcome to the show, y'all. Hello. Hello. Well, it looks like that call dropped, so we'll try to get him back on. And, again, if you want to call in, if you're listening live, dial in at 619-924-9828. So uh, I'm not really sure how, why we weren't able to connect with whoever just called in. Hopefully they call back. But, uh, but yeah, once again, dial in if you like, 619-924-9828. I'll be on for a little longer here to discuss the signing. But, you know, again, you know, the Steelers, again, they acted quickly. Um, they, they must have liked what they saw in Artie Burns, not necessarily a big guy, six foot, 193. Uh, you know, six interceptions in the ACC, that, that's, that's pretty good. So, um, you know, once again, I don't know a ton about this guy. This is a, this is a pretty shocking um, pick. Not a lot of people, I mean, Mike Mayock, as soon as he got drafted, uh, weren't very high on, on this pick. A lot of people, you know, Mike Mayock again, um, I was kind of listening to him when, when the pick was made. And, you know, one thing he kept saying was toughness is an issue with this guy. He has to prove that he can play through, uh, um, through toughness. So, you know, this, this again, is, is one of those picks where uh, we're just going to have to wait and see. But let's just hope that the Steelers know what they're, what they're doing. Um, once again, I mean, Tomlin, they made this pick with conviction. So, um, you know, once again, and, and but I think the biggest thing is the Steelers don't have great um, – uh, history in, in the Kevin, Kevin Colbert era of drafting uh, cornerbacks. Obviously, receivers, Kevin Colbert knows what he's talking about. But I'm going to read you guys uh, a couple of Twitter reactions I saw. Dale Lawley, who covers the Steelers. Um, Ernie Burns is still just 20 years old, has a lot of upside, but isn't a sum of his parts just yet. For second, for the second year in a row, Steelers go for upside, which he's referencing Bud Dupree. 
Trey Wingo of ESPN says, Artie Burns has been through a lot. His mother died of a heart attack this year, and his father is 10 years into a 25-year prison sentence. So, you know, this guy has a kind of a, a, a crazy story. Steelers GM Kevin Colbert keeps louding and Artie Burns' character. Lost his mother this past year as a father and in a relationship with, her, with the mother of his child. So, yeah, these are all just kind of, you know, just, just stories flooding in about the, the guy's, you know, personal character. You know, once again, we'll give you more information of him in the next coming days. Um, I'm, like, as soon as I'm done with this podcast, I'm going to do my research because, I, again, this, this was a guy that, 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 that no one really thought in any mock draft that, which I guess, and honestly, to me, really shows you how meaningless these mock drafts are, to be quite honest with you. And, and I'm a guy that I did four or five of them just because that's part of the business. You you know, I, I do think the one good thing about mock drafts, you you get a great idea of who the Steelers are going to draft, but it's almost impossible to predict who they're going to draft. That's why, again, with 23 picks in, I was pretty excited thinking, well, wow, they're actually going to draft the guy that we all thought they were going to draft. But you know, nothing, uh, you know, the thing like the draft is you're, you're only in control of one pick, your pick. You have no control over, you know, what other teams uh, decide to do. So uh, we actually, I think we're going to try to get this gentleman on again. Hello, sir. Yes, sir. You're on the, you're on the Steelers podcast. Um, I think Tomlin's actually going to, Tomlin and Colbert are both going to take a lot of heat for this pick, being that last year the Ravens actually jumped over us and took a tight end. And then this year we get jumped over again and ended up losing up on a cornerback. So I think they'll take a lot of heat. So we'll have to kind of wait over the years and see how it pans out, see if Burns is actually worth it or not. But it is, it is a hard hit being that Burns could have been picked up in the second round and we might have been able to get a couple picks either leaving out kind of like what the Chiefs did. Right, right. You know, I think we're all a little shocked. I'll be honest with you. And not a lot of people know much about Burns. I'm, I'm sure you were listening. Um, Mike Mayock said that uh, toughness is the biggest biggest thing with this guy. So, you know, that's going to be something. I don't like hearing those things with the number one draft pick. So I, I totally agree with you. Um, my opinion, uh, you know, when, when Billing – or I'm sorry, when Jackson was taken, uh, maybe they don't they know something that we don't know. But I, I personally would have went with Mackenzie Alexander um, – uh, or exactly. uh, Andrew Billings. I know that's a guy that, that the Steelers were, were high on, but, I, you know, I don't know if you agree with this, but but personally, I mean, uh, uh, my thing is you got to be a little bit more aggressive. If you really wanted William Jackson, you don't take any chances. But I don't know. The Steelers knew they couldn't draft up, though, because of the money. So this is a situation that we just have, we have to trust them. You know, they went to Clemson's Pro Day, and obviously they didn't like what they saw in McKenzie. They went to Baylor's Pro Day, uh, worked out with, with – I mean, heck, Joe Green had dinner with Andrew Billings, so if that wasn't enough to convince him to take him. So this is a situation we just have to have faith, I guess. Yeah, I, I do I do feel like McKenzie Alexander would have, would have maybe been a little bit tougher. Um, but McKenzie Alexander, maybe because he's 5'11", and being that we just had Antoine Blake and we just had Brandon Boykin, the short, being that we had short corners in the past and it didn't really pan out well, maybe that's what they saw that was, Gary with McKenzie Alexander being that he was a little bit shorter and Burns is an inch or two taller. So maybe that was why they panned out. And I do feel like Palmer and Colbert made the right decision because if they didn't pick a corner in the first round and they did go with either the, the, the defensive tackle or with the safety, they, 
the later rounds, they would have basically been screwed out of the corner. We would have just got a mediocre corner, and that would have hurt our chances in the future. So that's probably why they just jumped on ship and got a corner while they still could. You're you're right. And, again, I don't know if you know this, but uh, this guy lost his mother over the past year. His father is in year 10 of a 25-year prison sentence. He's pretty much been responsible for taking care of his family. Uh, he's only 20 years old. This This guy has been through a lot in his life, so – um, maybe the Steelers like that, uh, just the maturity of him. And, again, he's only 20 years old, so lots of upside. But what was your name, sir? Toby. Toby. Thank you very much for calling the show. We're going to take another call. But, but thanks again for calling, and, and, and keep listening to our podcast, and stay tuned for more news tomorrow. Thank you, sir. All right, thank you. All right, we're going to get another call in here. Hello, welcome to the Steelers podcast. Uh, looks like we just missed him. Unfortunately, we just had one other guy drop. He couldn't couldn't wait a little bit longer. But we'll keep rolling here on the podcast. We're still going to take calls. Six one nine nine two four nine eight two eight is the number. Uh, the Steelers, uh, you know, again, not don't know quite a lot about Artie Burns. But once again, he promised we'll get you as much information as we can as, as we continue to uh, to study the draft and, and discuss everything. Once again, um, just to kind of recap. A little bit of what I know about him. At six interceptions last year, 20 years old, um, you know, has a crazy kind of family background. But the big thing that I'm going to go ahead and trust is Kevin Colbert keeps louding Artie Burns' character. Um, and once again, I mean, this is a guy that, that, that you know, with all the – looks like the, the personal – I don't know a better way to say this, but the personal hell this, this guy has gone through in his personal life um, to be able to continue to focus on football. Um, you know, maybe you get him to Pittsburgh, you get him out of Miami, you get him into uh, the Steelers family where they have all those veterans around them. Um, I'm going to go ahead and trust the pick. You know, initially I'm not going to lie. Um, when we did not, when the Steelers did not get William Jackson, that hurt. And the fact that he went to the Bengals really, uh, it, it punches you in the gut. It really does, you know, because in all honesty, uh, I mean, this was a role, this was a domino effect. And the first dominoes to fall – um, never did I think uh, that anything that the Browns did affect would affect the Steelers, but that's absolutely what happened. Hugh Jackson picking a receiver, and then the Vikings picking a receiver, and then the Redskins picking a receiver. Well, all of a sudden, the Bengals go, okay, well, we're going to go to plan B. Bengals go to plan B and take the Steelers' plan A, so the Steelers have to go to their plan B, but they stick with cornerback. And I think Steeler fans, here's the deal. The Steelers couldn't draft up because they couldn't spend that money. Kevin Colbert said that on Monday. So the fact that they didn't draft up is is not a surprise to anybody. It, it's just not. Um, so they were they the Steelers pretty much said we're taking the best cornerback available uh, wherever he falls to us, and uh, he apparently fell uh, at number twenty five. It just didn't turn out to be William Jackson and. The Steelers aren't going to go out and record on say, and say this, but they wanted William Jackson, and now we're going to face him twice a year. But the Steelers, you know, but here's the deal. I mean, the guy they wanted was drafted 24. They drafted 25. It, it's one of those things where if it, this wasn't a cornerback-heavy draft and, you know, Jackson was 15 or 16, then the Steelers are going to move up and get him. I mean, go back to 2003. If there were a lot of other good safeties in the draft. The Steelers probably don't go, you know, move up from 27 to 16 to get Paul Mullen. That's that's just how this thing works. Um, there were a lot of I I can't I don't know offhand, but there was at least five cornerbacks taken in this draft. I believe four before the Steelers even had a pick, maybe six. 
I think it's at least five or six cornerbacks for taking in the first draft, uh, first round. So, you know, I I I I, I applaud the Steelers for, you know, sticking to their guns. Uh, Kevin Colbert said on Monday in his press conference that, you know, the Steelers already had their game plan. They knew what they were going to do, and apparently, what that was was going cornerback and staying pat at twenty five, not drafting back. We don't know if they received any offers or not, but maybe they did. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, the Steelers decided to just say, hey, we're going cornerback. We're going to take the best one available. And uh, it just didn't it didn't turn out to be William Jackson. But let's, let's just hope that the guy they did draft is the right guy. Let's hope that Artie Jones uh, comes in, can do a good job. I mean, geez, when you draft a guy that's 20 years old, and think about how long Deshae Towson played into his early 30s. You know, William Gay is 31 years old. I mean, this is a guy that, that could be on the team – in 2028, you know, this could be a guy that, that, that is on the team a long time. And the other thing that you have to think about is Artie Burns is not expected to come in. He's going to have to come in and make an impact right away. There's no question about that. This is not a guy that is going to come in and be expected to start right away. We have William Gay, and then we have some Quez Golston battling it out for the number one, and he's going to compete with Ross Cockrell. Um Worst case scenario, this guy comes in, backs up William Gay, and is a part of a secondary rotation and is our fourth best cornerback. I don't see that happening. I see him being better than Cockrell. Cockrell's going to be more polished. Cockrell's going to – he's been in the system longer. I mean, this is Cockrell's technically his third year, even though last year was really the first time he played significant minutes um, in an NFL uniform. But this is not a guy that has to come in and be a savior. I mean, this is this is almost like a, a quarterback coming in and maybe, uh, you know, it's almost like Ben with Tommy Maddox where, you know, eventually a year or two this guy is going to start but doesn't necessarily – isn't going to be the man next year. That just turned out that Maddox got hurt. Ben came in, was awesome in the rest of his history. Best case scenario, this guy can start right away and he's dominating. Uh, I think it's going to be in the middle. I think this guy has a chance to start by midseason, but I think William Gay is definitely going to be the starter. But, again – the Steelers went cornerback. But what does this mean for the rest of the draft? And I, I agree with our first caller because if the Steelers um, wait and they go with Billings, now all of a sudden when are you going to get a cornerback? Because the Steelers are going to go safety in round two. There's no question. Von Bell is still available. Um, uh, Darian Thompson is still available. Uh, Von Bell being available is huge. I, I would think the Steelers would go with Von Bell or Jeremy Cash. Kyle Joseph went early. That was a guy that – that some people thought the Steelers were going to be able to grab, but but he just wasn't around. So uh, that Steelers miss out on, on him, um, but that's okay because it's one of those things. He had the knee injury, and, and again, I think the Steelers were they were pretty much determined to go cornerback. So um, once again, I, I applaud the Steelers for their conviction there, and uh, you know just deciding to go cornerback, and, and that's what they did. So uh, we're going Artie Burns, and I, I know Steelers fans are disappointed. I've been reading the comments. I know a lot of Steelers fans are are, are bummed out, but. But you know what? This is what they did. And again, the Steelers went to millions, or not millions, but dozens of pro days. They went to, they had, they had 30 uh, interviews with um, draft prospects. They read all the combine statistics. I mean, they had dinner with Artie Burns. So, you know, the Steelers did their due diligence. If anybody knows uh, anything about Artie Burns, it's the Steelers. I'm sure they are experts of this kid. So, while. I'm sure people are disappointed that we didn't get Jackson and the fact that he went to the Bengals as a punch in the gut. You know, you never know with this thing. I mean, and maybe Burns sees all this, and this motivates him to be even better. 
So you never know how this stuff is going to work out. But I think Jackson's going to be great, and I I hope Burns is going to be great. You know, it's once again, this is a shock to a lot of people. <laughs> a lot of people did not see this coming, and uh, maybe the Steelers didn't either. But but the fact that the Steelers quickly, I think they had the fastest uh, trigger after you know, when they were on the clock. I mean, it was literally. I mean, you had they didn't even have time to go to a commercial break. It was like Bengals pick, Steelers pick, boom boom, and cornerback went, cornerback went. So both teams, um, you know, addressed. Uh, their cornerback needs, but but second round now going forward, it's going to be Jeremy Cash. It's going to be Von Bell. The Steelers, when you wake up Saturday morning, are going to have two uh, new draft picks uh, in their backfield. Let's pause for a quick moment. When we come back, let's talk about more of what could be to, what's still to come in day two of the draft. And welcome back to Steel Conversation. After a brief word with our sponsors and. Day two of the draft now. Steelers have Miami cornerback already burned, and now I think we're going to go Jeremy Cash. He started out at Ohio State, transferred to Duke. Um, now, no one's Troy Palomalo, so let's just get that straight right now. But this guy kind of reminds you of him. Loves to play in the run support. Physical guy. Healthy. Not a lot of injuries, especially you know when I'm seeing started a lot of games, played in a lot of games at Duke. He just wasn't going to be able to see the field at Ohio State because guess what? They had Von Bell. <laughs> so he, and maybe it wasn't the right fit, but, you know, and the thing is, Duke was, you know, you don't think of Duke as a really a football school. They were in the Max Championship game two years ago against uh, Florida State, I believe. And they were, you know, good again this year, another bowl game, close to 10 wins. So, you know, he's been part of that resurgence down there in Duke. And Duke plays in the ACC. He had to guard Tyler Boyd of Pitt. He had to guard all the Florida State athletes that they have in their runs to national championships, going to the BCS playoff in 2014. So, you know, Jeremy Cash is, is, is a guy that, that – he is more of your meat and potatoes. He's, he looks like a strong safety. You know, when you hear the, you know, the word strong safety, I mean, this guy definitely fits the bill. I mean, he is a, a physical guy. Uh, you know, again, plays for Duke in the ACC, but I think a lot of chances to see, watch him play, but I've watched his highlights and film, and I, I like him. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, which is kind of funny, kind of like Palomalu. I mean, he's a very instinctful player, so – the thing he's going to have to be careful with is quarterbacks, you know, maybe not biting on the pump fake and just, you know, making sure that, that he doesn't always just go instincts first. But, again, though, those instincts have gotten gotten him to the point where he's going to be drafted probably in the second round. So, you know, it's one of those things where you have to find a fine line between, you know, uh, you know, learning how to not be baited by quarterbacks but still not being afraid to use those instincts and take chances. That's what made Paul Malo a Hall of Famer. And let's hope. Cash can use those instincts to be another impact player. If the Steelers go Von Bell, he's a very good player. Um, he did give up some plays at OSU, but OSU's defense last year was dominant. Joey Bosa, Darren Lee also drafted in the first – or they were drafted in the first round. Bell hoped to be drafted in the first round, but he he might be drafted early. But, but again, with this draft, you never know. I mean, Billings was supposed to be a first-round pick. He is still there. I don't – the only way I see the Steelers – not going corner or safety uh, on Friday, I guess it is Friday morning now, um, is if Billings is still available. I really don't think he's going to be there at 58. But if he is, I, the Steelers, I, you would think, would have to go Billings. Um, the only thing is I don't know if there's a lot of great safeties after that. Though. I think the second round is really the round of, of the safety. There's still a lot of good defensive tackles. Javon, Javon Hardgrave uh, is still out there for the Steelers. So there's still – um, a lot of things to be had for the Steelers 
uh, in the second round. I mean, a lot of good, a lot of good players are still there. Von Bell was gone, or Jeremy Cash was gone right now, or both, or Billings. I mean, there's still a bevy of players that that, that are going to be great picks for the Steelers uh, coming up on Friday. So, um, you know, and after the initial sting of not getting Jackson and the fact that he went to Cincinnati where he's off, Steelers fans should be happy. You got your cornerback. Again, it might not be the guy that you necessarily loved or wanted, but this is a good pick. Steelers fans should be happy with this pick. And uh, once again, you never know with these things. You really don't. So let's hope that we all do our homework, me included. We'll watch more film of Burns. And we'll try to feel better about all of that. You know, once again, Steelers, you know, all off season, everybody said 30th and pass defense. You know, you've got to do X, Y, and Z. The Steelers have done that. The Steelers have gotten rid of Boykin. They've gotten rid of Antoine Blake. Um, they re-signed Cockrell, who showed signs last year. They signed Gay to a three-year deal. Golston coming back is going to be a tough guy. The Steelers have really raved about the work he's done um, so far this off season. So now – you put in Jeremy Cash or Von Bell. And I do like Von Bell. I know I said earlier he gave up some plays here and there. You look back at that national championship game against Oregon, he was a part of a touchdown that was allowed with Eli Apple, his teammate that was also drafted in the first round from Ohio State. So, But this guy, the thing I like about Von Bell, very physical. He's wiry. He's more of your traditional Ed Reed type, even though Ed Reed was a free safety. He doesn't look like Jeremy Cash, not a big uh, physical guy. Um, but this is a guy that – um, you know, is a, he was a part of a great defense at Ohio State. That's the number one thing I like about Von Bell. He knows what being on a great, dominant, awesome defense feels like. So he won't, like Ryan Shazier, won't want to settle for anything less than that. So I, he comes from a winning pedigree. And there's something to be said about that. I mean, you look at Shazier, uh, you look at um, Cameron Haywood, guys that come from Ohio State, guys that are used to – winning Big Ten championships, winning VCS Bulls back when there were VCS Bulls, winning national championships, being in the championship conversation. Um, there's something to be said about that. I mean, when you look at the Steelers across the board, they like to draft guys that were a part of successful programs. I mean, Hines Ward was a part of a successful program at Georgia. Jerome Bettis went to Notre Dame when they won uh, the Sugar Bowl. Ben Roethlisberger led Miami to a 10th place national finish, a bowl victory, and a MAC championship. So Miami hasn't won a MAC football championship since then, just throwing that out there. So, they like to draft people that have had success at the college level, not just them individually, but as a team. So if they go Von Bell direction, I like that. There's also Darian Thompson. Don't know much about him in terms of seeing him in person or live, but reading about him, he's very te- he's technically sound. He's actually kind of a hybrid between uh, Cash and Bell. Bell's more on the wiry, uh, thin side. Cash is more on the heavy set side in terms of just being strong. Um, but uh, Thompson's kind of somewhere in the middle. He's very athletic. That's the word you always hear about Thompson. Very athletic player. So, you know, either way, you know, first-round picks, these guys are no one uh, I can't miss, but these guys should be able to com- compete right away to be starters. But but you look at number twos. Twos aren't slouches. Jack Lambert, historically, you know, he was the number two pick. Um, uh, Stephon Tewitt, who you could argue was, was this, one of the Steelers' best defense. Well, you can't argue. He was one of the Steelers' best defense players last year. Um, he was number two pick back in 2014 out of Notre Dame. So, you know, there's a lot of good players out there with the second pick. So, once again, expect the Steelers to go safety um, number two tomorrow in the second round. They go 58. So, uh, just kind of like today, you're just going to have to sit back and see how things unfold. And uh, you can pretty much bet your buttons, if that's even a saying, <laughs> that the Bengals are going to be going receiver tomorrow and they won't mess with what the Steelers are trying to do. The Bengals – 
uh, from what I think. Well, they do need a safety, I think, because of Reggie Nelson. So, actually, I'm not really sure about that. Who would have thought that it would have been, it would have been the Bengals? But I guess when you look at it, why not? I mean, this has become a crazy rivalry. It really has. I don't think I, – I did read comments, people thinking, oh, you know, it, it's the Bengals trying to spite the Steelers, or this was the bleep you to the Steelers. I don't know. This is a business. The Bengals – you know, they were going best available player. And at that point, William Jackson won. There's, there's no question. But the thing is, they get drafted from what they did in college, not what they're going to do now, and that's produced at the NFL level. You don't know. And when two guys get drafted back-to-back, they're pretty much at an equal level um, coming out. At least they're perceived that way. So you don't know what you're getting. But, again, celebrate, guys. Steelers got a cornerback. Be happy about that. Tomorrow they're going to go out and get either a safety most likely, or a defensive tackle if Andrew Billings is there. So that's going to do it for this installment of the Steel Conversation Draft Edition. We're going to have another one for you for uh, Saturday morning. And, heck, who knows? We might even do a few because uh, it's draft time and and we're excited. Once again, check out our website, pit.247sports.com, and be sure to check out our Facebook page. Just type in Pittsburgh Steelers 24-7 Sports on your search engine to get all the latest and greatest Steeler news. So once again, this is Brian Giardo signing off. We hope you enjoyed the first night of the draft. We hope you enjoy the second day of the NFL draft. Have a great one, and as always, it's a great day to be a Steelers fan.